0: Welcome to Above the Noise, a podcast at the intersection of faith, race, and reconciliation. And I'm your host, Grant Lee Martelli. Welcome back to Above the Noise. We've been taking sort of a summer mini hiatus and not publishing as many episodes as I've normally done, but we're going to be getting back into it. And I appreciate your support and I hope you're enjoying your summer and enjoying the good weather, the things going on out there as COVID restrictions are being lifted and people are being able to get back out and do some things that we haven't done for over a year. I hope you're enjoying that little bit of freedom And to you in countries where there may still be some COVID restrictions uh, lagging behind other parts of the world, I pray that as time comes by that you will also get to see those restrictions lifted, begin to have those freedoms again. Are you in the market for professional audio equipment? Whether it be for your church, your band, your school, a podcast, or a studio, if you are then check out performanceaudio.com. They sell only the best quality at reasonable prices. Have you noticed that Amazon has started putting warning labels on some of their items to warn the buyer that they may not be authentic? You don't have to worry about that when you go to performanceaudio.com. They only sell the real items, and they are qualified to work on everything they sell. Tell them Grantly sent you, and ask to speak to Darren or Dan if you have any questions. Performanceaudio.com Today I want to approach a topic which I've been thinking about for a while. I've milled around, I've written written many episodes in my mind and on paper, and can never seem to get it right, so I'm going to give it a shot today and see how we come out today. The topic on my mind has been, could the Queen be racist? Could the Queen be racist? Where does this come from? On March the 7th, 2021, Oprah Winfrey televised an interview with Meghan Markle and ha- Prince Henry. Anyone who has a difficult time accepting the fact that the racism and corruption of the British monarchy, that clear into glaring view during that interview has had rose-colored and uninformed view of history and the legacies of institutional racism. The monarchy is one of the historic manifestations of institutional and overt racism and classism because the whole purpose of the formation of the British Empire, the, the, the monarchs of Europe and other countries, have always been for the sole purpose of perpetuating their race, their, their traditions, They cultured themselves above other people. And what we see in the British Empire, which was founded upon the principle of what we would call today white supremacy, the proliferation of power, the exploitation of masses for their benefit and their pleasure. And many of the people that they exploited that came under the burden and the hammer of colonialism and imperialism were people of color. Everywhere they went, they spread the exploitation, putting people in bondage, taking resources that were not belonged to them, stripping countries of their valuables, returning them to Britain, returning them for the sole purpose of building the wealth of the crown, building the wealth of the monarchy. The monarchs sent their people around the world for one purpose only, to build an empire at the expense of other people because they believed that they were a superior race or superior ethnicity and that people, white people, specifically European white people, were entitled to a better life and a higher standard of living than everybody else. They sent the emissaries to invade countries and to exploit in the name of the crown. They caused many tribes and many people, many groups to suffer great losses, and in many cases some of these groups of people don't even exist today, or even if they exist, they exist in small quantities because of the horrendous and hideous atrocities that were perpetrated upon people in the name of imperialism, in the name of wealth, in the name of profit, in the name of the crown, the kings and the queens of Great Britain. They did this with no apology. They did this with no compunction to negotiate, to purpose, or to compensate anyone outside of their friends and family and their circles. They owned nothing, yet they took everything. They exploited the goodwill of cultures and leaders of countries who welcomed them and took them into their countries in many cases, and before they annoyed, they turned on these people, they turned on their generosity, trying to enslave them, trying to exploit them, and trying to to make sure that the valuables of those countries now became the possession of the crown. They took lands, they took wealth, they took resources, and they gave them as gifts to compensate their royal subjects for being loyal to the crown. When we look at the formation of the Church of England, which is now called the Anglican Church, and we see why it came into existence. We, we, we see that the Church of England came into existence not because of a divine mandate, not the, because of a mandate to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ around the world to, to bring salvation and healing to communities. It was established because of an argument between the king and the pope. King Henry VIII was in power, and he wanted Pope Clement VII to annul his marriage so that he could divorce his wife and marry someone else in an effort to bring an heir to the throne. And because they had a disagreement, King Henry convinced the British Parliament, the English Parliament, to separate from the Roman Catholic Church and to form a new church under the headship of the king, who became known as the governor of the Church of England. And out of this came what is today the Church of England or the Anglican Church. Now, they did eventually incorporate Luther's theses and some other aspects of of, of church teaching in order to form a, a religion or in order to form a doctrine. But the purpose of the, the formation of that church was simply for the pleasure of the king and the royal family. And that became a political, social, and justice arm of the crown. And as they went around the world and they spread Anglicanism around the world, those churches were given land that was taken from other people, and resources that was taken from the forced labor of people who were in servitude in order to build those churches, those cathedrals, and the the power structure within those churches became an extension of the social and political agenda of the crown. Because the prosperity of the crown meant the prosperity of the church, and within that prosperity came power and prominence. Hence, the success of the religious order was tied to the foot of the throne. When the empire was forced to abolish slavery, the monarchy paid reparations to plantation owners and mine owners and other members of their friends and family because these people were able to go back to England and convince the English parliament that the freedom of slaves, people of color, Equated to the loss of labor, and that loss of free labor Equated to the loss of income and potential earnings in the future And because that decision was made, they were now entitled To be reimbursed for their financial loss And believe it or not, the parliament agreed and the crown agreed And many of these slave owners, many of these plantation owners Many of these mine and factory owners who had exploited the, the the work and the lives of of these slaves and had committed gross atrocities against these people were compensated under the theory that this they were entitled to compensation from this forced labor. What happened to the slaves? The slaves were not compensated. They were told that they were free. They were told that they could go, but they were given no resources. They had no homes. They had no place to live. The few that could purchase their freedom purchased their freedom, but they had nowhere to go. So because of that system, they were forced back onto the plantation as sharecroppers, as indentured servants of other people, because that was the only place that they could find work. That was the only thing that they could do. And hence, the, the plantation owners, after being reimbursed for what they considered to be a loss, again benefited from that labor because they allowed the slaves and the, and the the people to come back to live on the plantation, this time as free people, but to work for meager wages, live in horrendous conditions to still be exploited and still not be allowed to have their freedom totally and and benefited again at the expense and the exploitation of the very people who were supposed to be free. They never intended for them to be free because their freedom meant that they would actually have to work, something that many of these people believe was below them to actually have to do physical labor. And there are still places in the world you can go today where you can find remnants of this system, remnants of the plantocracy system, remnants of the crown lands and the 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 the, the family plantations that still exist today and the crown continues to benefit from all the ill-gotten resources that were accumulated over the years, over the decades. The monarchy has done this without remorse and left clear documentation to show their arrogance and their privilege that allowed them to do these things without any recompense. So when we come to the formation of the United States of America, we see that even though we are told that people came across the ocean in ships looking for religious freedom to a new world, and they found this new world and this new land, it was not long before they began to express what was already built within them, this fe- this freedom that they were superior to the to the native americans to the native people on many of these 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 islands and these countries and and before you know it this this superiority and this power structure began to exemplify itself. It exemplified itself in how the the Indians were treated. It exemplified themselves in the formation of the country. It exemplified itself in the fact that they had to have a debate over whether people of color, whether whether slaves could actually be counted as a whole person. And they they agreed that as that a slave could not a former slave, a black person, could not be counted as a, a whole person. And they also agreed that the American Indian was not entitled to citizenship in their own country. And following that came things like Reconstruction, Jim Crow, segregation, racial power, racial superiority. And we see virtually identical systems were set up in the United States of America as was set up in Britain when Prince Henry and Meghan moved back to the United States to escape the the pressure that they were under within that structure, we see that he could come to this country and still experience a measure of freedom and power and autocracy because many in America are are still enamored by royalty and by celebrity. So why would we be surprised to hear that this bastion of exclusivity that has done all in its power to keep people of color as servants, laborers, and subjects for their sole pleasure of exploiting their wealth and keeping them in positions of power would find it offensive that Prince Henry would bring a woman of color into the palaces, properties, and villas of royalty through the front door as an equal when everyone before her of color has entered those palaces through the back door and through the servants' quarters only to serve those who consider themselves to be superior. This is consistent behavior with what history has shown. And when we see that there's even efforts to to express this upon the children, an unborn child would be cast away, saying that they're not entitled to an inheritance because people are wondered what color they were going to be, is consistent with this transfer of racism from the womb to the grave of those who they consider to be unworthy. So there's no question that what happens in the monarchy is happening at the behest of those who enable the monarchy. If the Queen is the Queen and if she is the Queen over her kingdom, if she is the Queen over her subjects, if she's if she is that has that title and that power, if she is the governess of the Church of England, how hard is it to believe that everything that happens within the wall the walls. Of Buckingham Palace and within the House of Windsor is happening at the behest of the one who has the power to ensure that nothing happens unless she authorizes it to happen. This program seeks to help us with knowledge and stories of real experiences to have intelligent and substantive conversations with each other about the topics of racism, equity, Justice and faith without degrading into name calling. Please let me know if this is working at Above the Noise 24 at Gmail.com. Above the Noise 24 at Gmail.com. And thank you for listening. So, what does this have to do? with people of faith and with our faith. We know that our faith in God does not reside in the British Empire, in Great Britain or in Europe. However, we have to realize that much of the history of the church, much of the history of modern there uh, Judeo-Christian traditions and, and structures has come through this history of where Influence and power has contaminated the biblical story and the message of the gospel. We have to realize that our faith, as strong or as weak as it may be, has been influenced by the history that I have recited. If we are honest and if we take a close enough look, the fingerprints of the past has left a stain in the forms and organizations and expressions. We have to be intentional about living and practicing our faith above the flawed legacies of religious establishment that has allowed power and privilege to invade the purity of our faith. Our God does not take pleasure in or gain from the exploitation of others. We have a faith that does not gain strength from chariots and horses, swords and shields, mansions and lands, titles or potentates. Those who are Christ's followers can embrace Jesus' teaching that anyone who desires to be great among us should become the servant of all, that we should love God with all our heart, soul, our minds, and love our neighbors of ourselves. We can embrace Jesus' teaching that we are our brother's keepers and that freedom and justice should be available to everyone. Our faith must embrace the fact that there is no superiority of one person to another and that no matter where we've come from, about our heritage, our color, our language, our status in life, we are not deserving of blessing, prosperity, or access, or pleasure at the expense of another person. Therefore, we can say with confidence that we do not bow to a pope, we do not bow to a supreme governor or governess of the Church of England, to no archbishop or bishop, priest or presbyter, pastor or imam, rabbi, or religious leader, because we find no hope or power or stature in their patronage. Our call is to embrace our world, to embrace our neighbors and be agents of reconciliation. Reconciliation to me is striving to restore broken relationships, both spiritual and physical relationships. We cannot talk about restoring being reconciled to God and have broken relationships with our neighbors. They are tied together. Justice is the application of grace and mercy on behalf of another person or group of people. It is never establishing or defending structures of oppression, segregation, self-righteousness or subjugation. So our call is to live out a demonstrated faith that starts in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that is followed up by living a life of humility while at the same time being proud of our global brotherhood and sisterhood and demonstrate this in our actions of how we live and how we treat one another and how we see each other. We need to become agents of grace and mercy so that we are systematically and intentionally attacking the pillars of Racism and institutionalization that may be operating at the expense of other people. So the reason that I have brought this to you today, the topic is inviting and curious. However, within that structure, within the interview, within what has followed since then, it has been a clear example of How people can begin to act according to their tradition, their upbringing, or what they consider to be their normal without realizing the harm and the hurt they may be expressing upon other people. And when religion becomes so entwined with culture, also not realize how that is having an effect on other people or how it has had an effect on other people and how it can be negative rather than being uplifting. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news of Jesus Christ to bring hope to bring peace, to bring prosperity to others to lift us up and not tear us down. It doesn't put one above the other it doesn't cause one to be happy at the 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 hurt of another. We all come in together and we want to work together to see the entire world, the entire community. Be lifted up. Above the Noise can be heard on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast hosting sites. Please subscribe and leave us a review. I just found out that Above the Noise is Ranked 165th in this category of podcasts. And you know what will help us rise higher? is your reviews. If you set, leave a review in the podcast site where you're listening to this broadcast right now, that will help us to continue to rise. And I appreciate your support. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Or send us an email at abovethenoise 24 above the noise 24 at gmail.com.